0: The Dr. Bill telephone series is an educational program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairments. The topics presented should not be considered a medical or educational consultation, but information to help us better understand pediatric eye conditions. And now, Dr. Bill. Uh, thank you very much, Patty. It's really great to be here again. And I want to thank everybody for calling this evening. Well, tonight, you know, we really have a very, very nice topic, a very fun topic. And I think it's appropriate now since Christmas is coming. And what we're going to be talking about tonight are toys for children with low vision. And to join me in talking about things you should consider when you're purchasing toys, we have Dr. Diane Christian from Partners and Pediatric Vision. Welcome to the show, Diane.
1: Thank you, Dr. Bill. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, yes. You know, it's something that so often, every year, parents, they want to know what are some of the different types of things that they could buy their children. And many times, people go overboard where they're trying to buy their young infant's computers and things like that. And other times, parents, they say, I didn't even get my child anything because I don't even know if my child is able to see these toys. So tonight, Dr. Christian and I, we're going to give you an overview of some of the things to consider as you're looking for toys. Now, the first thing that I would recommend is that you should have a low vision evaluation by a pediatric optometrist or pediatric ophthalmologist who specializes in children with low vision. Now, this type of evaluation is a very unique examination in that it does take time because the doctor is going to find out all of the visual strengths and weaknesses of your child. Now, this is very different compared to the eye examination in which the doctors primarily look at the eyes and tell you what is the eye disease. So, for example, when doctors specialize in diagnosing eye diseases, they often will see between 80 and 100 children in one day, and they are experts at making those diagnoses. But when we have a functional vision assessment that is performed by a pediatric doctor, they will do between six and eight examinations a day. In other words, each one will take about one hour. And during that examination, we are able to determine so many different aspects of vision. And these are the aspects and factors of vision that will help you as you then work with your child. The things that we do is that we will... Find what kinds of visual tools, visual toys, and visual stimuli are most effective. We will measure at what distance does your child see the best. You know, there are some kids who will look at things that are within two or three inches from their eyes. And these are the kids who sometimes will just stare at their fingers and wave at their fingers that are about two or three inches from their eyes. There's other kids who are going to look across the room. They could only focus on things that are 20 or 30 or 40 feet away. We look at the child's color vision. Does this child have the ability to see all colors? Or like many children, they may have a specific color that they like. Or other children may only be able to see black and white. But we should get these children toys that are black and white. We want to measure what is the best field of vision. You know, a child may not be able to see perfectly well when they look straight ahead. These are the children that often do not make eye contact when they look at you. But if we present a toy that's going to be on the child's left side or maybe the right side of maybe above or below, the doctor is going to be able to find out what is the best position to present these toys. And if we give the toys in those fields, then the child will look at it. We're going to also determine what would be the best lighting situation for your child. You know, there are some children who may have albinism. This is where the eye does not have enough color. And for these kids, if the room is just normally lit, it is too bright for that child, and they may not want to use their eyes because it hurts. On the other hand, there's other kids who may have retinitis pigmentosa, or they might be born prematurely, and if we don't give extra light, they'll have a difficult time seeing it. So... All in all, what we're basically saying here is that it's very, very important that your child receives a functional vision assessment, and the doctor should provide you with a report that would include all of these specific recommendations. And these recommendations could be used when you're buying toys, but also when you're teaching your child. If you're trying to teach your child certain things to get ready for preschool or we're trying to teach this child how to crawl, we can use all of these visual clues in terms of teaching the child to perform all of these daily activities. And the last thing that I want to say here is that all of these toys, all of these kinds of activities are extremely important because when you present your child with objects or colors or patterns or fabrics, things that he or she could see, it stimulates the brain. And each time that we stimulate the brain, it actually helps more and more vision to develop. And this is something that we know as a fact. That children who have low vision can develop a higher level of vision. And by performing visual stimulation activities, in other words, playing with toys that the child could see under the right lighting and presenting the toys at the right position, these are the things that are so important in developing the visual part of the brain. Now, Before I I ask some questions to Dr. Christian, I want to go ahead and set things up just a little bit. When we think about buying toys for a child with low vision, whether it is your child or a child of a friend or relative, we don't necessarily have to think of a toy as really being a toy in the same way that you might think of it. I remember when my son, I was so happy... When my son was born, my first child was my daughter. And when my son was born, I was so happy. And when it came down to Christmas for him, I bought him a Nintendo. Nintendo 64. And you believe it? This kid couldn't even drink out of a cup. (laughs) He couldn't hold anything. And I bought him a Nintendo 64. He had no clue what this was. I thought he would be so excited. You know, it's like one of those things where the fathers are so excited to buy their kids certain types of toys that they like. But the reality is that you can use other types of things and buy your child other things or you make other things that would be very, very helpful. So what do we mean by that? The first thing is that you could think about creating a play area in your home. And this would be a play area that your infant could lie on the floor, roll over, and this particular area would be a safe area and that it would be clean and it would have boundaries to help the child to locate some of these toys. So one of the things that I like to recommend for parents is to think about using a sleeping bag. Yeah, that's right. The camping sleeping bags, and you could find some of these that would actually be a dark nylon on the outside. And then when you unzip it and you old it, open it all the way, it actually becomes a perfect square. And the inside surface of the sleeping bag is usually a very light colored fabric. Now, the reason that I like these types of sleeping bags as it comes down to playing is you could put your child on the sleeping bag and it is very comfortable. Number two, because we have two different colored sides, depending on the toys or the objects that we're giving the child, we could use one side or the other. So for example, if we're going to be giving the child a bowl okay, maybe this is a bowl of cereal, and it's a white bowl of cereal, Uh, maybe that is going to be such that we could put that on the dark side of the sleeping bag. So this is a way that the child is able to see very quickly and very easily the white bowl against the dark sleeping bag. Or if you're going to have other toys that you're going to be putting on, maybe you have some balls that the child loves, or you've seen some of these kinds of balls and they got a bell on it. Well, you could put this, this type of sleeping bag on actually either side, and that red ball would be easily seen because there's contrast. So think of something very, very simple as like a play mat or the sleeping bag, or you might just use a particular type of blanket, and maybe one side of the blanket is one color, and the other side of the blanket is a different color. And these are things that you could wash, you could put toys and things on there, and it's going to be a place that your child will be very comfortable. When we talk about these areas of play, we do not, though, we do not recommend that you purchase a fabric or a sleeping bag that's going to be a very, very busy pattern to it. Sometimes you might see a blanket and it's all checkerboard and there's so many little squares on it, it becomes very, very confusing for the child because the child does not know where to look. Sometimes it could be so stimulating that the child will not even look at it and the child will close his or her eyes. So as a general rule, We don't want to go overboard, have blankets or sleeping bags or things like that that are just too visually busy. Those are really a no-no. Also, for this room that the child is going to be playing in, we need to think about the lighting. The lighting is extremely important. If we do not have enough lighting, the child will not be able to see But if we have too much lighting, it could also be too difficult for the child. So we want to go back to that doctor's report to find out what's the best level of lighting. I would recommend that you take a look at what kind of drapes that are in the room. It may be that maybe this family doesn't have a good set of drapes. Maybe we want to purchase a set of, of vertical blinds so that we could reduce or increase the amount of light to a very customized level. It's also going to be very important to set up the room such that the baby's back is facing the window. If the baby's eyes are facing the window, sometimes that is too bright and they, and they do not like that. You could also think of ways of helping the child to see better by purchasing things for eating. You know, we talked about bowls and plates and those sorts of things. Well, it's also very important that we use contrasts when it comes down to eating. Let's say that it's a baby who's still feeding out of a bottle. Well, it's a good thing that if we can get a bottle... And maybe you could put high-contrast tape around it, the spiral. And very often we find that red, yellow, those are colors that are very, very stimulating. And then for other kids, it would be black and white. So if you stripe the baby bottle and the child's going to get milk, the child will actually be able to see it and know what is going on. I also like to suggest that you might buy your friends or family or this is for your child. Use different types of bells or whistles. Every time that you're going to feed the child, whether it's going to be with a bottle or maybe if you're still even nursing, I would ring that bell, whatever type of bell that you have, So that that child associates, you know, come and get it with that bell. This is how we get the brain to develop cognitive learning where the child is associating that bell with food. And then we might have a whistle, a different type of whistle that we're going to use anytime we're going to play with certain types of games. So you might blow that whistle before you pull out these other types of games and when it comes down to the the eating utensils and the plates and the bowls you want to make certain that there is contrast there if a child is sitting in a, a high chair and usually the the, the tray of a high chair is white well maybe we put a colored placemat there if we put a colored placemat then we put a plate on the placemat the child will then see Oh, there's a white plate on top of my red placemat, and they know what it is that they're able to see. And using different colored plates is also another good idea. I know that for, uh, myself, you know, when I was losing my vision, my wife had given me some rice in a white bowl, and we have a, a, a white table. And I thought that, hey, how come how come nobody served me any food? And the food, the bowl of rice was actually on the table, but white on white on white. I couldn't see any of it. So I could understand how kids may not see their food if we don't use some of that type of contrast. And the other thing to think about, another type of gift that you could be very helpful with is to get the family lighting. You know, sometimes uh, it gets really dark very early. It might be 5 o'clock in the afternoon and it's dark. So you might think of getting a torchier floor lamp. And these are the lamps that have a heavy-weighted stand, and then there's a pole that goes up about 8 feet, and then there's a LED bulb that shines up towards the ceiling and a shade, and it spreads the light throughout the room. Those are very effective and affordable to illuminate the room in a house that might be too dark. So these are just a few of the different types of things that that could be very helpful to the family, and I I think they would be more helpful than like a Nintendo 64 or a PlayStation for uh, a six-month-old child. (laughs) But uh, Dr. Christian, I know that uh, for years you have been working with children with low vision and would you tell the audience a little bit about you? Because I think you have such a, a wonderful, wonderful history. And also, tell a little bit about that husband of yours. <laughs> um,
1: I am married to Keith Christian, who is a teacher of the Vigilating Care here in Anaheim. And um, he is legally blind himself. And um, he's very active in the low-vision community and always gives back. And so I've been working in the field for a long time, but I also have that personal experience. We've been married almost 30 years, and when we when we met, he could use a CCTV. Now he has a really hard time finding the E on the wall, and so I've kind of seen seen him go through his journey as his vision has changed. And so it's been, um you know, it's been the ups and the downs and the good and the bad, and you know, it's just determination, and so he's my inspiration. He You know, he figures out how to do things, how to, you know, think outside the box, and I just try to help other people do that. He's, again, my inspiration.
0: Well, you know, both of you, both of you are jewels of the world, and I I just want to tell the audience, if it wasn't for Keith and Diane, I, I really don't know where I would be. I was in a state where... I was so depressed, and I wouldn't leave my home. I didn't want people to see me. I didn't want people to know that I had a vision problem, and uh, they they really changed my life. So thank you to you and to Keith. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. We're glad we were there. But I also want to say you've given a lot back to us as well in terms of helping Keith as he's gone through this journey. So it's been very back and forth reciprocal. So thank you as well.
0: Oh gosh. Any anything that I could do, you know. Uh I, I yell at him and he yells at me, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Anybody has a great sense of humor. And I think with um when you have a visual impairment, having a good sense of humor and being upfront about it and real with it, I
0: think helps a lot. You
1: know. So yeah, um, that absolutely. was the, that's one thing that has really
0: helped him. Oh absolutely and and to have a person who is honest enough to tell whether the parents need to hear this message right. or the child needs to hear this message one way or the other these people need to hear it and those people who give you those uh, words of advice are are so so important but you know Diane mm-hmm. I know that now you are working with uh EPV Partners, Partners for
1: Pediatric for, for Vision,
0: pedi- right?
1: uh uh-huh, That's correct. Yes. Yeah. What is PTD? So Partners for Pediatric Vision is a um, nonprofit. We help um, families here in Orange County, or LA, and what we do is provide support um, to families that have a child with a visual impairment. Um, we are sometimes in the exam room. So um, we hear what the doctor has to say, and then we can support the family afterwards with whatever the rec- what the recommendations were from the eye doctor. If there's um, questions about IEP or assistive technology or anything like that, we are a resource to parents um, for as long as they need us or up till when their child is 18. And so we just provide guidance and ear um, assistance. It's basically whatever the parents may need at that particular time.
0: You know, and that is so helpful because the, the reality of it is that doctors, we often don't realize that parents don't know all the language and the terminology or they, we might talk about, oh, at the IEP, let's ask for the iris vision goggles and no IR filters and the parents don't know any of this. But you guys are there to really clarify things.
1: Absolutely. So, um, a lot of times, you know, when you get out of an eye or a doctor's exam, you're like, oh, I should have asked this. Oh, I should have asked that. What did he mean by that? Or what did she mean by that? And when we're part of the exam or get the information from the eye doctor, we can help clarify that, you know, because usually you kind of start processing what the doctor says after the exam. When you're yeah, in nice. it, you're kind, of, you're kind of just in it trying to absorb everything, but when you get out of the exam and you kind of start thinking about what has just happened, in many instances that's where a lot of the questions come up and that's where we can step in and
0: help with clarification. Well, Dr. Christian, where where do you actually first recommend when parents or relatives and friends are thinking about buying toys for a child with low vision, where do they begin? Where can they buy these or do they have to go to a special store like one at the uh-huh. Braille Institute.
1: You know, there's so many different places that you can um, look. I think being um, having Google or online um, resources is phenomenal. Oh. Um, in terms of doing some research before you go out there, um, you know, you might there's some questions you may want to ask before you go and buy a toy. Like, is the toy developmentally appropriate? Is the toy durable? You know, because sometimes toys don't get used the way they were made to. Maybe if you give a a little one a ball or a cup, you're going to throw it on the floor. So you want to make sure that it's durable and, you know, can you wash it, can you clean it, you know, for those kinds of things. Um, For kids who have visual impairment, is it multi-sensory? Is it multicolored? Does it have high contrast, does it have different light, sounds, movement, textures that might interest the child to play with it and explore it? Um, is it adjustable? Does it have um, a volume control? Um, you know, so those are kind of things that you want to think about when you're buying a, to- a toy for a child with a visual impairment. Other places to kind of explore is like Family Connect, which is part of... AFB, American Foundation for the Blind. If you go online and look up Family Connect, they have um, different recommendations for toys. Playopolis has a website as, all, as well, and that's P-L-A-Y-O-P-L-L-I-S. They have toys online and suggestions about how to choose one. Wonder Baby, um, National Federation of the Blind, and even Amazon has, if you put in their search engine, toys for visually impaired, you'll come up with different things. So, there's a lot of great resources just online where it's a good starting place so that you can start looking
0: at different toys. Well, I, I, I you, didn't even know of any of these. I really didn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the other thing, just to kind of, as you, you're buying toys for a little fun with visual parents, if you give them something, they may not know what to do with it. A lot of times, you know, sighted kids learn how to play with a toy through the television or by watching other people. But if a child with a low vision can't see other people playing with the toy, they may not know how to play with that toy. The parent or the family members may have to instruct them on how to how to use it and, you know, to kind of, you know, tell them what you're supposed to do with it, how you play with it, and stuff like that. So they may need a little help learning how to, um, to play with the toy.
0: When when you do he... have a, 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 I'm sorry, doctor, but when you do have a child with low vision, and they they really don't know how to play with the toy, I, I've seen that so many times.
1: Right.
0: Is it is it recommended that the parents would just grab the hands of the child and pull them towards the toy so the child feels it, or are there other strategies because? I, I've seen many times the kids they just pull their hands back as soon as the parents pull the child's hands towards the toy.
1: Well, I I, I would do it with a more in a more with a more gentle touch. Um, I would also do it with a lot of verbal explanation. Like here, Johnny, I want I want to give you a a ball. It's round. It has little spikes um, on it, so it's going to feel weird. Is it okay for you to put your hand on the ball now? So it really kind of depends on where the child is, but if they're tactically defensive, you know, a lot of explanation of what you're doing and a little bit of explanation of what you're going to do before you do it, I think it really kind of helps the child um, be more receptive to it. You're not just grabbing the kid, but the hand, and forcing them to do something that they may not want to do. But if you explain to them first what your intentions are, I'm sure they're going to be a lot more receptive to it.
0: Yes. is and that then just, ball that, that ball that you're talking about that has the spikes on it, is that the one they call the bumble ball that's got a battery and it could go around by itself and the child could yeah. see it. Okay,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And there's and there's multiple versions of that too. Um I remember my kids had one when my kids were little. Fifteen, twenty years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have
1: <laughs> Yes, we did have one of those in the ball, Yes. So anything I think anything that kind of lights up, anything that has different textures, it, maybe it vibrates, anything like that that um, can stimulate a kid to play with it and motivate a child to play with it, I think those are the things that you're looking for.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a great recommendation when you talk about these toys that light up mm-hmm. and toys that move because one of the things that, Uh, we as eye doctors have found is that the number one cause of vision impairment among children is called neurological vision impairment, meaning that the cause of the vision loss is because of the brain, and the eyes are perfectly healthy. And when you see these kids with neurological vision impairment, if you hand them a toy, they won't even know that it's there. But as soon as that toy is moving, if it's moving or if it's shaking or if it's flashing, they have the ability to see it. And those are the right. best toys for them.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, um, maybe for the ones that are a little bit um, higher developmentally, you might want to use, like, there's kinetic sand. Or it's wet sand, and so they have different textures of the sand, or even maybe Play-Doh or something like that. So, you know, it's just really, like you said, kind of understanding where the child is, development and what their eye condition is, and that way you can match the toys with the child.
0: Yeah, no, I have never even thought about that. There's different types of sand, and where is that available? Yeah.
1: Walmart, Amazon.
0: <laughs> Look at is that right account. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, I, I you have mean, different colors.
1: Is... You can make a sand castle out of
0: it.
1: Mm. Yeah, now, wait, lots Is, of is this
0: things. in the toy department or in the nursery? Like you buy the sand. Um, I think it's the toy department. Mm-hmm. I gotta go it's to Walmart. <laughs>
1: yeah, Walmart. Mm. I was gonna say Toys R Us, but I don't think Toys R are, Toys R Us are, is around anymore. But yeah, just different textures, different things to play with. Um, if you're worried about, you know, the mess, you know, maybe put a blanket underneath you or a sheet underneath it. So when you're done, you can just take the sheet out and just kind of shake it out. But, you know, I like that what you said earlier about having a play area and where, it, you know, the a, a designated spot. The child knows where the boundaries are, knows how far to look for the toys and stuff like that. You know, so even with those messy things, if you put a sheet underneath them when they're playing. Afterwards, easy cleanup, you just take the sheet outside, give it a quick shake, you're ready to go. You don't have to worry about vacuuming. me.
0: Great. So, well, what are some mm-hmm. other types of toys that you, you, you find to be really very effective with with your patients that you work with? Um, things,
1: even like the things that maybe have, like the ball and it has the shape cut out and they have to figure out the shape into, you know, to put the shape into the ball, stuff like that. Stacking things so that they can stack things, nesting things, balls with bells, anything like that. Um, I had a list of stuff from NFB had um, like suggestions. Um, even like puzzles, like big puzzle pieces, like wooden puzzles, they may be good. Um, yeah. Anything, you know, um, for your older kids, maybe a deck of cards that have braille on them or a large print. Mm-hmm. You can do dominoes with raised, um, raised dots. They have, like, braille go, go fish cards. They have a tons of different things. Um, you know, like, even if you got checkers, you know, you could, Maybe the red and the black would be a big enough contrast for maybe some of your kids to see it. But if not, you could put, a, you know, so like a raised bump on the black pieces, and that way they can feel the differences. And so there's some things that there's some toys that you could, you know, just buy and then make it adaptable by adding that's a bump or a dot
0: or something like that. No, no, right, I'm sorry. That's a really great idea. And you know when you suggest that maybe we modify a toy a little bit, uh, put mm-hmm. a bump and make it raise, How how do you do that? Do you use Elmer's glue, or is there stickers to buy, or what what works the best?
1: There's like a, at like Maxi as or LS Nas, which are online products. They have what they call bump dots. But another good thing to use is um, oh, it's. Um, Glue that you use to um, do fabric glue. I'd like oh. puffy paint. Puffy paint. Puffy paints work great. You can just put a dot on things, and it sticks, and then oh, you can really? feel it. It makes it a tactile marker. <laughs> and then actually, puffy um, paints come in different colors. So depending on what the object is, you might be able to get a really nice contrasting color to make things stand out. Oh, so you can have color sweet. as color as well as Actual differentiation.
0: Oh, that's really, really, really good. You know, because it's really uh, just
1: thinking outside the box.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, other things that on um, my list of toys that I've seen, um, they talk about like maybe scented play doh or scented markers, and that way you're giving kind of a dual sensory of not only kind of like the scribbling or whatever the child can do with it, but you're smelling it as well. You know, you know anything. You know, just whatever your your imagination comes with, and you kind of try to figure out how you can adapt it. Again, you know, child. If you give somebody a toy, you know, just make sure they know how to play with it. You might have to give a little bit of instruction. And the other thing is, is I remember whenever I would give my husband a gift, it'd be nicely wrapped. He would open it up, and it'd be in the package. And he's like, "Okay, what is it?" Because he couldn't feel it because it was in the package. Oh, so another yes. re- so another another recommendation would be to unwrap the toy, and take the toy out of the package, and then wrap it. So when they open it, they can feel it right away and not just the package. Because oh. you know, <laughs> yes. Because what's the worst? <laughs> <laughs> you, you open the package and everyone's so excited, and you're like looking at it like. Okay, what is it? <laughs> you have no idea.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so true. That is very true. Gosh.
1: But um, no. again, I would I would say the parent would be a good resource. Um, other things like Family Connect, Playopolis, Wonder Baby—they have different suggestions. So um, those are all um, different resources to check out.
0: Okay, can you repeat those? And are, are the websites? Basically, the, the same names dot com. Uh-huh.
1: So, um, it's Family Connect. That's F-A-M-I-L-Y-C-O-N-N-E-C-T. Um, if you Google it, will come up. It's part of American Foundation for the Blind, or AFB.org. dot org. And they have lots of suggestions for parents in general, as well as toys. Um, Playopolis, which is P-L-A-Y-O-P-O-L-I-S. I think it's .dot com. Give me a second; I'll tell you .dot um, com. It's oh, so a Playopolis Toys .dot com. Um, they have different toys that you can buy from there, and they also have a blog. And the blog, it's written by Christina Wallerstein, and it talks about oh, different things, looking for best toys, um, and just kind of has different information on her on the website.
0: Yeah, she's very, right. very well respected, Christina Wallerstein. Mm-hmm. Uh.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, and she also talks about um, the importance of play, and because kids learn through play. And I think that's um, really important to note that these toys aren't just to pass the time, but it's a way for kids to play, to understand, and to learn. And it's a great opportunity for the kids to learn. Through play, they make connections, they make um, they, they understand the world better, so play is an important part of any child' growing up
0: yes, they, they, the got a, they they need to learn that losing is part of play too, you know because exactly I know some of our patients, the parents let them win all the time, and then these kids go to school and they lose one time and they have a meltdown. Right, right, exactly.
1: There definitely has to be a balance,
0: absolutely.
1: Um, Other websites is Wonder Baby, and they have different, like, um, recommendations and stuff like that, and that's wonderbaby.org, W-O-N-D-E-R-B-A-B-Y, again, .org. They have um, toys for sale as well as recommendations, Um, National Federation of the Blind, NFB, They have a little blurb about good toys, and again, Amazon. In their search engine, I just put um, toys for kids, children for visual impairment," so um, things came up. But again, looking for things that are lighted, things that have multi-textures, multi sensory those kind of things, probably would be
0: good choices for most kids with low vision. You know, I also really liked how you said about Uh, dominoes. Uh, Mm -hmm. It could also even be that if a child is even totally blind, we could put put Braille on the domino and they could learn this concept of sequencing, right? Right,
1: exactly. And they actually have dominoes with raised dots on it. And um, you could probably get that through, like, um, APH, American Printing House for the Blind. Sometimes they have... um, Different items, especially like playing cards, um, you know, things that the whole family can, can interact with and use. Large print cards. Yeah, anything like that. Go That's fish really cards, Braille still fish cards.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I remember there was something, I I know everybody probably remembers Lego blocks, but I remember... Mm-hmm. Seen something where there were giant Legos? I mean, these were yes. like the size of a brick, but I don't know what they were called.
1: I think, think cool? they're just giant legos I think they're giant Le- Legos.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, and these yeah, would be they- really good for real yeah. little kids that they could understand this concept of building.
1: Yeah, they have Jumbo Blocks. They have a ninety-six piece. Um, set at Walmart for $189, but they can make a castle out of it. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> cheap. Um, oh. so yeah, and then, um, I know Keith, uh, my husband, he made, he had like, he made a, um, Jenga set. And Jenga is where they're like rectangle blocks and then you put them alternating and you make a tower and then you have to take one out at a time without having the the tower collapse. Oh. And that's a really good tactile, um, you know, game to play with that the whole family can enjoy. And again, the other the thing is, is that um, you might want to keep in mind if the child has siblings, things that um, may engage the sibling as well, so they're interacting together um, are always something to think of as too, uh, as well. You know, just for the family to play together as a whole.
0: Yeah, so like
1: Denga or. Cards or large print, um, you know, cards or go fish or something like that.
0: Yeah, really. Like all of these are are things that the whole family could do together. Exactly. Would you have any other uh, suggestions of resources or other games uh, that you would like to share this evening?
1: Um. Again. I, I mean, I would go to, go to the Internet. I think the Internet is a great um, place to start. And, um, you know, ask the parents. Um, I would say ask the eye doctor for suggestions. They may have some suggestions for you as well. But, um, like, Family Connect is a good one. Wonder Baby, Flop, is are
0: good um, resources, too. And how about at the... Partners of Pediatric Vision, do you folks have a website with some of these types of suggestions or if anybody wants to get in touch with you, can they get in touch with you by email or through your website? Yeah.
1: yeah. You know what, we are, um, we have a website, Partners for Pediatric Vision, um, oneword.org. We don't have play uh, suggestions on toys and that's something you should probably do. That would be a really good suggestion to add um yeah. people can contact yeah, can people can contact me um again um through email and my email is my name says C I A N E L C H R I S C I A N at gmail dot com or if you get to the website partnersforpediatricvision.org, dot org um there's a contact us as well that you um you know that you can get in touch with me um
0: through Okay, gosh, this has been really, really great. Well, Dr. Christian, we really appreciate all of your expertise and your knowledge, and uh, we we hope that uh, you have a a wonderful holiday season as well.
1: Thank you so much. We're looking forward to it. I I was talking to my husband, and he said, Yeah, Diane, um, Thanksgiving's next week. I'm like, Oh, yeah, you're right. It is. (laughs) kind of stuck up on me. So this has actually kind of given me in the groove of Christmas shopping and thinking of Christmas and what, you know, what I need to do and stuff like that. So it's been really good.
0: Yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I'd like to thank all of you for being on the call this evening, and uh, we hope that you'll join us next month. We have a very special program, which we're going to be talking about lighting, but we're actually going to be doing this in Spanish for a lot of our families who are Spanish speakers. So until next time, this is Dr. Bill Takesha saying good night.